see, I'm walking around with this, this plastic cup. It looks like a sample cup. <laughs> it's just, it's sugar-free syrup. Ah, right. Um, because, I, I, okay, I'm, I'm starting off a podcast talking about keto again, but um, I, I drink uh, sugar in my coffee. I've gone to keto and it was making me so miserable not having a coffee, uh, sugar in my coffee. And uh, this is vanilla syrup that I found that was sugar-free. And so I'm carrying this pot around with me. There's stuff that's, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a... Right, this headphones are all tangled up. Right. Are we live? We are live. We're recording now. Yeah. <laughs> I I often just hit record so we can get a bit of um, bit of what's going on. Okay, so thank you very much for joining us on the Shoes of Biscuit today, Marianne. And um, you are from the the friends from the Flax Mill, right? Yes, yes, friends of the flax mill maltings. Yes. Uh, it's odd because the building is known uh, by people as the flax mill or the maltings, but never both. But what we're trying to do is to combine the two phases of the history yeah. and be partner of the third phase in its future. Yeah, it's really interesting what's been going on at the flax mill. We've had um, Alex Vladimir off, um, on a while ago, and that was when they were doing the... Um, oh, what was it called? It was uh, like a, a thing they had going on. like um, oh, the lights. All the people in the windows. It was a bootleggers event. I that's think. it. That's yeah. right. Yes, um, I, I covered it, so I should know what it was called, but I forgot. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those moments this morning. I wasn't even there, and I know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just think there's lots of innovation going on there at the moment, which is, which is always really attractive to me. I think that's great because you're taking um, a beloved old building and you, you know, restoring it and then adding a lot of fresh modern innovation to it as well, which is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, when the building was first built, that was incredibly innovative because it was, uh, as probably all of your listeners will know, it was the first building to be built with an iron frame. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that made it fireproof, which was mm. essential because uh, John Marshall, uh, the guy who was behind it from Leeds, he just had a flax mill going up in flames. So he got together mm. with the Benyon brothers, local lads from Shrewsbury. Um, with William Hazeldine and Charles Bage, again, all local people, um, because Hazeldine had his foundry in Colum, and they created what is still standing today. So since 1797 mm. up to now, it's been a good innings, yeah. and, yeah. and we, we would have nearly lost it mm. because uh, of the lack of, of maintenance. So. And that's a remarkable thing, isn't it? Mm. The fact that it was, it was abandoned for so long, it was just left to just fall apart, and it's still standing. Like that, That's mm. a testament to how well it was built, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was abandoned in 1987 when the maltings moved out. And uh, we still have people now going, oh, I miss the smell of the maltings. They remember that smell of Ovaltine. Oh, yeah. Uh, so maybe we need to bring that back. Yeah, yeah. It might scare some people off, though. It might bring some people in. <laughs> so, yeah, since, since 87, it was, it was derelict. And then Historic England stepped in. Mm. And for a while, nothing happened. And people just saw, you know, the scaffolding up around it, which was there to pin the whole structure together mm. yeah. to, whilst getting the money in. And it's really only since 2017 with the lottery funding yeah. coming through. One of the biggest lottery funding projects ever mm. in the UK. Wow. I think we've only been beaten by Hastings Pier, as far oh, wow. as I know. Because the lottery saw how important this building was to the modern world. And yeah. as we like to say, it's a building that launched a thousand skylines. Yes, it yeah. did. And uh, yeah. this is this is the important thing. And that's what I was going to elaborate on is uh, mm. to our listeners in America or places where there's a skyscraper. If you have a skyscraper where you live, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> because the flax mill is like the precursor to a, a skyscraper. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It enabled um, us to build quite a bit higher as well. And the columns that were created by uh, by Hazeldine were very thin. So you didn't lose that much of your floor space, yeah. which was 
quite important. Mm. So yeah, going forward, um, the mill should open in about 18 months' time. There have already been people interested in renting space and will soon go to the market, or say we, Historic England, will go to the market. But the friends of the Flaxmoor Malting have been given the lease of the ground floor. Mm. Okay. So that means that when you come to visit in 18 months' time, you'll get a decent cup of coffee, <laughs> which is hard to come by at the moment. Um, yeah. And there will be a fantastic interpretation centre. Uh, we're already doing stuff with education groups, but they'll have a proper place to go mm. to the toilet mm. as well. So yeah. in the meantime, you know, the 18 months that we're, we're looking into now, it's going to be fascinating to see how the project changes mm. because every single time you come on site, something's different. I, I mean, I, I recorded there, I think it was <clears throat> possibly spring last year, maybe summer. I don't know. We, we, we recorded in the Dye House. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like, I set up in this abandoned, it's not abandoned because obviously there's people there, but this rustic old warehouse. And it was such an amazing setting for, for a podcast. Mm. And there's, there's pictures there of like this, like, you know, uh, modern age kit sat in this like really old warehouse and it just looks amazing you know so yeah it's really good we love the die house it's so it's so incredibly atmospheric and that's where we host a few of our larger events we're hoping to still be able to do the family fun day this year which yeah. is incredibly popular mm-hmm. uh, and we had about 700 people attend you're more than welcome to come and set up your kit again if we yeah do well, it. We, we, we're, we're down for like recording anywhere um i, I mean i've seen i've seen you know, pictures of people going to the flax mill and having a good look around and things like that. We'd love to come and do that, wouldn't we? Yeah. What day is the family fun day then? Ah, or what day would, could it be? We're deciding at the moment, but it's going to be a Sunday in May. So we'll Sunday let you know May. and cool. we'll go public on that. It's going yeah. to be fantastic. Um, and of course, we had 1,100 people through for Heritage Open Days coming for tours around the mill yep. because we're not always able to show people the inside. Mm. But we now have a virtual tour available so that yeah. we can show people what it looks cool. like inside yeah. so that you get a bit of an idea. But there's plenty to see around inside. So at the moment, we're open on Saturdays only. From yeah. April, we're back open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I would recommend, you know, just come to to take in the atmosphere, mm. yeah. um, have a chat with our volunteers, learn a bit about flags, learn a bit about maltings, and about the Second World War phase as well, which yeah. is fascinating. Mm. Yeah, and that's but, from April onwards. You're back onto the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So at the moment, just the Saturdays. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look, before we get any further, I, I just got I dove straight into that interesting conversation without <laughs> even introducing the show, to be honest. But that's that's how interesting that's the I way am. It rolls. Um, I've, I've got, <laughs> I want to say thank you to our sponsors of our show, um, and that's uh, to Gin Different. Um, I keep saying this this thing: um, if you're into gin, or if you're not. Uh, which doesn't sound great, but what I'm trying to say is, when I say that, is give it a go, right? Because gin is, is it, <laughs> it's one of those things that takes you off guard, really, because yep. I haven't drank gin uh, until, you know, recently at Gin Different, and I enjoyed it. So mm. um, go and check out their bar at the Market Hall in town. Um, and also those those bottles of gin that you really like, that you can't quite get in Asda or Tesco or Sainsbury's, you tell them at Gin Different and they'll get them for you. Check them out on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, a couple of shout-outs as well to make. Um, we will carry on with this conversation, sorry. <laughs> I forgot to do this at the beginning. Um, a shout-out to Charlie Adlard uh, for last week's show. Um, yeah. oh, it was amazing. I love that guy. Uh, Jenny Sword from Rock Rose Digital. Amazing part. I listened to that back and it was really, really good, talking about how social media is really important to, to mm. use this free... It's free thing that you can use to tell people about your business. 
Shrewsbury Town, the community, they did their Challenge Yourself event as well. Um, yeah. Lots of uh, the, the reverberations through the, the Twitter sphere was just amazing. So much positive talk about what them guys mm. are doing. And I missed that event because I was working. So I want to give a shout out to them guys. Well done for doing what you're doing. And we will be in touch soon. We're going to sort something out. And finally, SJF. SJF Design. Oh, my God. Okay, so I picked up a banner today. um, And I opened this banner and I nearly cried. I swear to God, I was so emotional to see our logo up there like that. uh, come check it out if we're not here. even if we're not here you can Just come and walk through the window. come see the famous shoes with biscuit <laughs> banner so anyway that was our, our housework uh, um back to it um so we're talking about the restoration um of, of of the flax mill there's about the innovation and say come to have a look get get you know sort of uh, immersed into into what the flax mill is are you going to set up some sort of atmospheric immersive things going on there you know so you can hear the sounds of what was you know yes that's very much the plan um yeah. we've been talking about audiovisuals, of course but just you this mic right in front of you sorry yeah okay that's it um we've been talking about audiovisuals because no museum or interpretation center would be anywhere without it but we don't want to go overboard yeah. because not everybody likes screens blaring at yeah. you all the time yeah. but it's very much about that immersive experience as you say yeah. about hearing the stories mm. uh, and we're lucky enough to still be in touch with some of the former maltsters and the story they can tell are yeah, just fantastic brilliant. and we want to bring back as you say the smell is incredibly important to the experience the unfortunate thing is we don't have a steam engine anymore so of course to be able to recreate that through uh, sight and sound is going to be complicated i don't think we'll be putting steam into a room no. to get that full effect <laughs> uh, but there's lots of things that people can do nowadays so it's going to be a very exciting journey for us to see mm. how we can bring the history to life so we talk about maltins as if we know what we're talking about i mean our listeners might not understand that completely what did they used to make at the flax mill then just to explain it broadly you know to kind of right they would get barley in and they would create malt from it that would go to a brewery to create beer yep. so unfortunately beer was never produced on site no. although we found plenty of beer bottles because <laughs> I bet. they were all given a beer ration <laughs> And that was one of the really nice things of mm. working at the at the maltings. And of course, it wasn't the only maltings. There was one in Bellevue as well. So mm. it was a mm. team of people who looked after, you know, quite important um, industry in Shrewsbury. And that's now nearly gone. Yeah. So that's really odd. Because, of course, the, the flax mill wasn't the only flax mill either. There was another mm. one mm-hmm. in Castlefields area. And what we've been trying to do with our guided tours and guided walks is to take people into Castlefields and Ditherington and explain a little bit more about how the formation of the flax mill, what that meant for the surrounding area, what happened around it, Mm. because you're not isolated, you are part of the community. That's what we still want to be. Um, So that's the talks and walks that we've been doing. Mm. And, you know, people take for granted, uh, you know, places that brought in industry and wealth to a town, you know. So, I mean, to do that is really important, I guess. Mm. Yes. I'm guessing that, obviously, the canal network... Was the canal network used? Absolutely. Linked to the Maltins? In fact, the canal was had a slight kink in it mm. so that it would be exactly next to the flax mill. And that right. was the way coal was brought in for the steam engines. Yeah. Um, and now, as part of the further development with the Shrewsbury bid, is about creating that northern corridor again to yeah. get people from inside the city out into mm. wow, the yeah. northern territory. So yeah. that old canal path to us is instrumental, not because of, just because of the history of mm. the canal and what it meant to the 
Fairfax Mill, but also now of uh, a nice pedestrian and cycle-friendly way yeah. to get to Ditherington. And it's not far at all. People think, oh, but you're beyond the railway arches. Even if you just walk along the main street, it's about 10, 12 minutes. I was going to say, it's not that far, is it? I mean, it takes, what, seconds in a car, but like you say, if you've you you know if you've got what they feel is a friendly pedestrian, cycle-friendly path, yeah. it's... It's it quicker. Take long at all. It's quicker to walk and cycle than to get to a yeah, car walk, because yeah. the traffic is <laughs> always so completely clogged. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And that's one thing I'm going to miss because I'm moving away from Bellevue and I'm, I'm going to miss the walk into into town. It's actually oh, really yeah, nice in the summer. You know, take the kids for a walk into town. So, so from Castlefield's difference in that sort of area, take a nice brisk walk into town. Mm. It's quite nice, isn't it? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, the, I mean, I was talking to Alex about some of the things you got going um, above on the above floors of the of the flax mill, which really the sort of spaces that they're putting up there. Mm. Oh, they're amazing. Very interesting. I was. They, they've got such character to them, and there's so much light because, of course, um, people who drive past or walk past might think it's a bit odd to see the different sizes in windows, mm. but that's part of the history because the large windows are the size of the flax mill windows. Yeah. When the maltings came in, they blocked two-thirds of them up and the windows that were there, they made smaller. So when you see the small window, that is a maltings window and the large windows have been reconstructed to be flax mill era. So if you're on the top floor, you can see all over Shrewsbury mm. and the light coming in is just absolutely astonishing. So yeah, Historic England are going to market in about six months time okay but there's already people indicating an interest um creative industries so it's going to be an exciting place to work yeah yeah uh, i mean i had alex around my house the other day because obviously he's not he's not there anymore he's doing different things but i was like <clears throat> the biscuit you know like <laughs> imagine us having a studio at the maltins that'd be amazing you know uh, <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying i'm saying like if, if, if you've got space and you need someone to use it we can just you know <laughs> how long has this this has taken and the restoration has been quite lengthy hasn't it it's taken quite a bit it has time. been i mean there was a an, an early start in 2014-15 with ERDF money which meant that the current visitor centre and stables could be spruced up to uh, to be habitable yep. and and heated really mm. yeah, I've been I up, recommend I've been up it those they're quite nice <laughs> it's nice yeah. and then from 2017 uh, when the lottery funding came through as I said 20.7 million pounds which isn't the full amount because there's also local enterprise partnership money historic England are putting money in uh, that was really the start, and since then, Historic England have been able to work with Croft, the builders, and they're on time, on budget, which is no small feat on mm. a, on a on a project of this size. Yeah, yeah. especially coming in on budget. Yes, well. HS two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> say no more. <laughs> what kind of feat were they? Were you guys sort of uh, taking on uh, when you started doing this? Because obviously, how badly damaged was the building at the beginning? You know. Well, Historic England will tell you that um, I think it came very, very close to being lost because mm. the we talk about the iron frame, which is fascinating, but the iron beams actually were in the wall, anchored on wood. Oh, God. And that caused the, the walls to slightly start bowing out. Yeah, uh, right. So in some spaces, you could actually see um, the, the gap between the floor and the wall. 
So that was why the um, you know the scaffolding was put up to pin the whole structure mm. together. Mm. And if they hadn't stepped in, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be looking at it now. Yeah. Um, so it's been it's been worth it, but it's been a long time coming. So that was one of one of the main things. What Historic England and Croft did was um, they looked at one bay from top to bottom, what mm. needed doing, and then multiply that by however many bays we have. Mm. So it was a really incisive way of seeing what you have, what you need to deal with. Mm. Yeah. How many floors is in the flax mill? So in the main mill, there's the ground floor and then four floors for commercial let. Yep. Is there a basement, so like a big basement type cellar area? or No, because that would probably be flooded full of oh, yeah, cause ground water. Not, it's the yeah. spring gardens. It is yeah. wet. Uh, yeah. Right, so it's so it's you've got the main ground floor, like you say, then four other floors above yeah. that are going to all be for commercial. Yeah, and yeah. then there's the Jubilee Tower from which you have the best view around, mm. and uh, with the coronet soon to go back up, or depending on when you're broadcasting this, it might already be up. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw something on social media about that they're trying to find funding to to fix that that tower. That you know, um, how successful was that? The coronet uh, went to crown funding, which was really nice because. <sighs> Everybody has contributed to the lottery, who plays yeah. the lottery. So yeah. in a way, you've all you know, had an impact. Yeah. But to enable people to really be part of the crowning glory of the flax mill was really nice. So um, Historic England asked for about £26,000. I think they got about a third and money is still coming mm. in now. And only on Saturday, um, we had a uh, former maltster come in with a friend. He said, she paid money towards the coronet and we could show it to her because it was in the dye house. Yeah. And she was really moved by that, thinking, yeah, it looks grand. And that's partially because of me. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Heritage Project Contracts, the guys up in Harlescott, who did a fantastic job. Yeah, it's going to look amazing. I'm really mm. looking forward to it. Um, we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll help you guys out with you know whatever you need. You know, as far as you know, PR and press. Mm. And, yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. Well, the the nice thing is we've gone out to all schools to ask them what color they would choose for their coronet flower, um, and uh, the, the deadline is now up. And I've just picked up the the ones from Button and Bear who joined yeah. us in this uh, in this lovely little gathering, and we'll put those up in the dye house every Saturday in. Um, in February, you'll be able to see, and three of them will win a check for the school library. Oh, and, of brilliant. course, a book that they can pick up themselves from Button and Bear. So yeah. that was just a nice little thing. We hadn't planned it, but the coronet ended up being in the dye house uh, yeah. for such a long time. And we thought, this is actually very special, and we should talk to people about it. <laughs> people have been coming specifically to come and look at the coronet because it's a, a now or never you're never going to get this close to it so yeah. apologies again if this goes out when it's already up but you've had your chance since November honestly <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you said it was a good idea to get schools involved as well because then that's engaging a younger audience yep. to come in and some of those you know particularly obviously children locally that you know where families haven't moved away you've got you know they've probably got relatives that worked at the mill absolutely and so. part of um, the research that we're doing is looking into the people who have worked at the flax yeah. mill and the maltings um, and as one of our volunteers would tell you there's entire family trees where mm, the grandfather imagine. father and son all work at the flax oh, mill right. it is in, at its heyday it had 800 people working for it so mm. it was hugely important within the Shrewsbury Society yeah where did uh, do, do you guys know where the the, the barley and stuff uh, when it was made where it was shipped out to because I lived I grew up in Wrexham and they had Wrexham mm. lager and I always remember <laughs> Wrexham had a lager Wrexham lager 
Twix. Yeah, Twix is quite famous. Like, is it's it? really, yeah, it's well celebrated. And I remember um, being in school and at dinner time, you could smell like mm. when they were making the, the beer and stuff. It was yeah. a big, big factory. Um, so I guess that that was like shipped out maybe from Shrewsbury. I don't know. Mm. Well, it was closed in 1985, so I'm probably not. You know, in the in the, his, in the past, it might have been. You know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was William Jones first, and then Ansel's. So um, Trace wherever Ansel's had their own yeah. breweries, yeah, yeah. and you'll you'll find that. Well, it's so. the UK. We've got probably breweries everywhere. <laughs> Isn't it? Well, it would be lovely to get a microbrewery back on site to at least oh, be able to do that. Would be that. brilliant. I'm, I'm probably one of you may well get a somebody commercially might want to do that because that would make brilliant sense and potentially that might help create the smell <laughs> yes absolutely. that you're looking for there without yeah. sort of setting having to set an artificial smell yes that might yeah it would yeah. be better if it but like you say without having to bring a steam engine <laughs> 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 no, that would look really cool wouldn't it a little yeah. one of those little tiny little steam engines going <laughs> So if you're a microbrewer uh, yeah. and you're listening to this and you've got a steam engine, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so this is all part of, uh, of, of, you know, replacing part of uh, Shrewsbury's heritage and, and making it, um, making it stand the test of time. Okay. Mm. And, and speaking of standing the test of time, we're here today to talk about the Darwin Festival because of, of, of all people. Nice link. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting good at these now. Usually back in the day, it'd be like, I'm going to make a segue. Here is the segue. Segue. <laughs> Did you like my segue? Anyway, um, <laughs> we're here to talk about the Darwin Festival. Um, and um, it's really important that people from this town remember where, what, you know, where they're from and who is part of it. Um, and, and I think you guys from the Flax Mill and, the, you know, getting part, being part of this festival is really important, you know. Mm. Um, so what, do you, what, do, what are you guys planning for the festival? And I know, but I'm going to let, let the listeners know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're reading it as well out of the uh, got brochures here. that right. are now right. available and dotted around yeah. town. Yeah, we've, we've got a lot. Yeah, it's about the sense of identity, isn't it? Mm, People absolutely. feel a sense of pride that they're from a town where the first Iron Friend building is from mm. and where Darwin is from. So yeah. it made sense for us to, to be connected. And um, because we have a very, very active Heritage Stitchers group, I got in touch with our volunteers there and said, what would you like to do? Can you find anything that links us to Darwin? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are links. I'm going to a, a, a talk which is in this in this program um, about actually Darwin and Erasmus Darwin. And I think he had a link with William Hazeldine. Shrewsbury wasn't that large. So if, yeah. if you look close enough, everybody probably knew everyone. So yeah, what we're doing is a textile workshop uh, run by Wendy Riddick on Valentine's Day, where you can make your own linen mm. card, a Valentine's card. And she's called it Kissing Linen Beaks. I, I love that name. Because of the beaks that Darwin studied. So that yeah. is our link. I love Wendy Riddick. We've had her on the show before. Yeah, she's um, amazing. She did the um, the needle art. Thing. <coughs> that, that, Excuse me. Didn't that look fantastic? It was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Mm. We recorded some, uh, some audio with her at the... Um, there was... Uh, a, a, a competition at the at the university and we went we took the task cam but mm. the audio was damaged and we couldn't use oh, it so no. I was like oh my god but yeah she's fantastic it's mm. going to be great yeah so we still have a few spots available it's 25 quid and for that from 11 till 4 you learn something that mm. you will be able to take, take back away. home and yeah. and maybe set up your own little business doing it or at least have fun it's a it's a hobby yeah. but it can be you know a sort of job as well yeah absolutely 
and the the main the main message we're sending we've been sending across throughout the, the as soon as we started talking about the Darwin Festival is to pick up something new as well to go out there and try something new and go to something you wouldn't necessarily go to yeah. um, especially I mean even if you are into into like needle and thread and and and, and you know where that that kind of thing mm. you're going to learn something if not you're going to learn something new yeah. so it's really important that you you just try doing some of these things is there any of the of the events that you you're looking forward to as well as this um because well, there's lots going on isn't there so much going on as i said I'm, I'm going to that talk about the darwins of uh, shrewsbury by yeah. andrew patterson which sounds fantastically interesting um and i was really gutted to see that the tours of darwin's garden are already gone uh. <laughs> So that they were snapped up. But you see how interested people are in just yep. not learning something new, but seeing something yep. new. Mm. And especially those spaces where you don't usually get to go. Yeah. Oh, there's such a hunger for it. Um, and it's really nice to see that everybody's <coughs> buying into it. Hello. <laughs> I was just to say, I've just thought I saw a dog walk past. Yeah, he's like, all right, Biscuit, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you said, you know, like, you know, with already the how many are sold out. Yeah. So the... I think you said earlier, didn't you? The guided to um, Darwin's childhood garden sold out. Not surprisingly, the Shrewsbury School Darwin collection tours, Absolutely. especially with that, like you know, the, that one behind the scene to look at those original, um, sort of like the first edition copies. So that I'm not surprised at all. I don't that know that's if we've, gone. I don't know if I booked that, so I might have to get in touch with them. But that is a press places left <laughs> yeah yeah going in for a different purpose i i, I look, look i mean mm. what i did is what you guys should be doing now is go to um www.originalshrewsbury.co.uk and there's a link there for the darwin festival you could go on event bright like i did but the tickets aren't centralized so if you go to original shrewsbury and look mm. on that link they will tell there will, there will be a link for every event you click on that you can get your tickets most of it's free this event that Marianne's talking about isn't free, but it's worth it. It's it's worth yeah. going and, and trying something new. Um, but so much of it is free. And that's the most important thing is like, you know, we are sharing information with the locals about where you live. And that's how popular it's been. And I, I, I bet the organisers are kind of blown away by the mm. response, you know. Absolutely. This is the half term week as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So obviously perfectly timed, like you say, to get children involved in the different yeah. crafts. There's um, some really nice workshops in there as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of, like a lot of hands. Well, what I see is hands on things. Yes. Is the most important thing. Well, that's mm. a really nice way to learn yeah. rather than sitting and listening. It's yeah. not everybody's cup of tea. Somebody no, wants no. to get involved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, this is what I said. I mean, last year they did uh, this, they got the Cafe Scientific, which we're going to get, um, we're going to be speaking about uh, in a couple of days. I'm, I don't even know I'm going to release these shows. We're going to do one a day, but we're going to have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to have to. Um, that is something that I tried last year. They did the sidebar things and it, it blew me away. I didn't think i'd enjoy it but i really did um what what else is going on at the flax mill after the darwin festival what comes after the darwin festival right well we've talked about the family fun day yes um mm-hmm. we've talked about the guided tours which we'll probably do one a month to, to offer to people uh, rather than we have it now as something that's bookable for groups yeah, yeah, yeah. um and we keep giving talks etc then we've been kindly offered a space at kids fest in the quarry oh, oh brilliant. brilliant so we'll definitely go there <laughs> yeah definitely um and on site um we're starting also with artist days so on the 18th of april for instance we've got a group coming shrewsbury sketch group to sketch around uh, the mill and that was something that we were playing with anyway to do on a monthly basis 
to invite artists, photographers to come around mm. and, wow. yeah. and give us their idea of, of the mill, take something home. Mm. Um, we've been talking about workshops to do something with the slates that we have from the roof. Yeah. So to print your own photo on the slate. Oh, so yeah, there's, idea. Oh, excellent. there's a lot. We need to be a bit careful. So last year, for instance, we did theatre. We can't do something of that size this time because there's a lot of work going around yeah. with trenches being dug up mm. this year. But what we'd like to do is trial a few things and see what works. So for our programming in 2021, when we open, that there will be fully flexed events program. Mm. Um, and we'll hopefully be able to do uh, another open day where we can take people through the mill. But we need to see yeah. how, how all the works go. Croft have been amazing in allowing us access on occasion. And as I said, you know, we've had 1,500 people on tours last year wow. to go inside. And that was That's only a lot, on, isn't on it? three days. 1,500 in three days yeah wow so you can see that the, the appetite is there um mm. and we're very keen to if we can't get people in to at least talk to people what about the stuff that's going on mm-hmm. about the work that's happening the expertise the archaeological finds i mean there's fantastic stuff coming up uh, in the press by historic england so keep your eyes peeled i was going to say um, that was one of the questions i was going to ask you actually in, so that's quite handy that you just mentioned that <laughs> about historic uh, archaeological finds so has there been if you can say, has mm. there been anything that's... Um, well, apart that, from all the beer bottles. Yeah, ex- <laughs> <laughs> that's probably an expectation, well, isn't it? But we, we did um, a really interesting archaeological... Uh, you think of archaeological digs going underground, yeah. but in fact, one of the most fascinating archaeological finds was going behind the paint in the cross mill where we found uh, World War II graffiti. Wow. And that's been documented and we're just working up on the report mm. of, of that. And we're hoping to work together with the Regimental Museum or the Museum of the Shropshire Soldier um, to see who was stationed at the mill during the World War II. Yeah. We've got fantastic aerial photographs showing the, uh, the trenches that they dug to practice in. Yeah. So it's bringing about that part of the history. And yeah, some of the graffiti. We've got dogfights, you know, two oh. planes. We've got caricatures. We've got names and numbers. Wow. So that was really, really interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, forgive my ignorance. <laughs> but the, so the, the flax mill was used as, as like a barracks, was it? Or a training yeah, camp in World War II? It was an infantry training centre in World War II. Mm. And some people remember that still. Uh, it was the Chaos Ally and the Durham Light Infantry. They were both... They had people stationed there. Yeah. So it was instrumental in that way. And they called it the Rat Hotel, which gives you an idea of <laughs> how happy they were to be there. <clears throat> I did I did see something. The the base sorry. The base of a, a chimney that was found. Um was that was that did they know that, that was there or was it just a find? It was it was it was in a photograph of a family who used to live nearby mm. and it was on old maps as well. So there was the idea, I mean, if you have steam engines, you need to have somewhere to let that steam go yes, yeah. yes. so yes they, they knew it was going to be there but it was really nice to have that documentary find of the photograph as well as yeah. the maps to bring that together mm. and in fact that's going to be on the um, east terrace and it will always be recognisable as such where the foot of that chimney was and maybe something more interesting will be done with it that's yeah. still in the early days it looks it's, like sorry go on go on, go on. No, no, no 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 I've just interrupted you once I'm not doing it again I'm sorry go on <laughs> you can interrupt me I don't care what um, in terms of because you're talking about the obviously the East Terrace the outside space 
So what what are there pl- if again if you can say at this stage are, are there plans for that sort of like outside space because I know when you come past don't you on the main road just before you get to the sort of like the takeaways yes there's all that big space out there yeah what so what plans um, are afoot for that well just outside the mill there will be the terrace for this fantastic cafe that I've been talking about yeah. where you'll come to <laughs> have your, your your coffee and your bottled beer for now oh dear um, and there will be a little bit more space probably for just outside activities mm. um, we've got quite a bit of space within the building hold so if we're talking about an occasional festival or fair that's going to be on the inside of it, enveloped. Yeah. And the land you're talking about, which is currently our car park, yeah. will be builder's compound for uh, the next few oh, okay, uh, yeah. while. And then it is said to be housing. Because oh, okay. there are always houses along the canal. Yeah. You can see it in old maps. And yeah. because of the, as it's called, um, restoration, the conservation deficit of the site, how much money it needs, yeah. part of the further development is to build 120 very, very good housing. So we're right. talking again about that innovative spiel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what Historic England are looking at. I hope they make the something project. that kind of blends into the environment yeah. and not some flash. You don't want the big new builds, do you? Yeah, the big flashy modern buildings. That, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it'd be nice just to blend in with the, yeah. you know, that'd be quite cool. It, it will It will be that for sure. Uh, and of course, you'll still be able to see the flax mill and the important roof line because that's yeah. what yeah. that what's uh, indicates where you are and where you need to come um so that will be you know it will be a fantastic site for years to come because we're talking about the main mill and kiln now as part yeah. of this project there's still the warehouse the dye house which you've yeah, talked yeah. about which is fantastic the way it is but yeah. it, it could do with not having a leaking roof to be honest yeah just propping but it up yeah there's no money for that at the moment but when you're talking about uh, skills development and heritage skills the warehouse, the dye house, the apprentice house and the cross mill are fantastic buildings to help people learn about heritage skills. Yeah. Mm. And that's what Historic England have been doing um, throughout with help from the Andrew Lloyd Webber Foundation. Mm. Extra money to uh, give people training on heritage skills. So we had... Um, this week, uh, roofing pre-1919. And there were, you know, about 12 people on that. And they gave them away just buzzing because mm. they'd learned something on a site where you can see it in action. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I hope it because, like, if you go to the Black Country Museum or you go to Bliss Hill or something like that, mm. um, there's always a buzz, especially in the summer. It's just people mm. everywhere. They love just doing that. I, I love taking my, my kid to Bliss Hill. Um, let's hope that it has that kind of buzz. Are you guys prepared for that kind of thing during the summer, the kind of people... Yes, that's what we're hoping yeah. for. Yeah. And, and of course, that's partially because of the building. The building is its own attraction. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. the way you tell the story mm. and it's your extra layer of interpretation and events programming, um, which will mean that there will always be something for people to come see or do. Yep. That's the aim. Yep. So we just need to get there. You could yeah. do with some people in costume, couldn't you? That was what I was going to say. Yeah. You're going to bet everyone in period costume or anything like that. You know, well, in terms well, of... I don't know. Well, do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Peaky Blinder look. <laughs> 
right? Maltsters with Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a note. And, uh... yeah. I don't think no. they were, were they, somehow? I can see them with big, heavy leather aprons on, though, I'd imagine. Oh, right. No, I don't think that was part of the costume. But, no. but we no. can talk about anything, guys. Yeah. We know a pool of good actors that can yeah, take yeah. part in that, yeah. It's one of the things I was really fascinated with, and I can't even remember when it was now. It wasn't that long ago. Um, when I was sort of regularly going, driving up and down that uh, road coming into town, was, you know, the, I took on the top, well, the whole lighting thing and all those what I thought originally when I very first came past was like, there's a load of people in the mall. Oh, that was fantastic. At night. That was Andy McEwen, who's, uh, who's done some fantastic stuff. I love that guy. I follow him on Instagram. I follow Andy McEwen on Facebook and Instagram. Lighting expert, isn't he? Yeah, um, he is. He's artist. amazing what he can do. And we're hoping to work with him further in maybe even some of the permanent interpretation. Yeah. Because when you've got skill like that, mm. you know, just across the road, and he's really been... The building's gotten under his skin, really. And yeah. I think that's the case with a lot of people, you know. Yeah. Once you get to know a little bit about it, it's got its own identity, its own yeah. atmosphere. And Andy's a, is a big fan, and we're a big fan of Andy's. Yeah. it was. I, I just loved the way it was, because it moved, didn't it? Yes. Or, and that's what, when I first went past, I thought was really odd. It was like... <laughs> that's not people are physically moving around in there so I thought yeah. initially and then obviously until I then read about it reminds me but, of Home Alone you know when he's got the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well clearly people are moving around in it because of course well, they're working yeah. really hard but yeah, yeah it was really yeah. nice to have that sort of uh, dynamic display mm. Mm. fantastic um, thank you for for, for coming and sitting with us this has been great I love learning about things like this and like I said we'd love to come around and we can take this microphone anywhere we can record there we can take some pictures and uh, there's plans to start doing like live episodes we can do stuff like that Mm. like that'd be amazing on the flax mill keep us posted yeah Yeah, yeah. anything to start promoting as soon as it's especially as it starts getting closer and closer to D-Day opening day yeah well, well, guys, like the, these these shows are, are designed as a preview to the Darwin Festival. This is designed to try and get people to take part, to go and have a look, okay? So go to the Original Shrewsbury website. Um, it's www.originalshrewsbury.co.uk. Um, click on their Darwin Festival link, and there's all the events there with all the links to the ticketing uh, services that they've got there. Or you can go on Eventbrite, check Facebook, just get involved. There's something for everybody in this festival. It runs... From the ninth to the, is it the <laughs> there's a finger right in front of me. Um, the, the fringe carries on until. I was going to say yeah, you've got the fringe going on as well, haven't you? So the fringe is right up till the ninth. I'm just trying to think in terms of like when half term. I'm nineteenth of February. Yeah. The, the, the actual Darwin Festival is the week before the half term. The fringe the fringe events carry on into half term. Yeah. So that's when you get all the the uh, the fuzzy beats and, and and these things that you can take part. Well, in. it starts on the seventh, doesn't it, with the whole um, young thinkers competition. Young thinkers, yeah. We want to try and get to that um, yeah. but get involved try something new do some learning um, get around the town get on some of the tours if there's any spaces left for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. anything that's going on um, but yeah take take part in what's going on um, thank you again Marion for coming on yeah, You're thank welcome. you and uh, thank you for our sponsors as well yep. uh, Gin Different yeah we love you we love you. And uh, check out our website too. Don't just go to Original Shrewsbury. Yeah. We've got an amazing website made by Web Orchard. Check it out. It's brilliant. Uh, that's www.theshrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk and uh, you can check out our audio from there. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Marion. Thank you. Thank you. Take it easy, guys. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>